0: (sighs) Oh, man, what's the matter, Hunter? Why so sleepy? Oh, man, I just... I keep drinking this old coffee, but it's just not waking me up like it used to, you know? You know, you can't keep drinking that old coffee, you silly goose. You know what you need? You need Death Wish coffee. Death Wish coffee has so much caffeine, it can kill a horse. (laughs) That, that's enough.
1: That could that could absolutely wake me up. Wow,
0: thank you. Where can I get some? Listen, Hunter, you can get some right now at carpooling.com slash coffee. And let me just say, we love Death Wish coffee It's one of the products that I can genuinely say I liked before they were a sponsor. and that is a huge deal. So you know I'm not fronting when I tell you that this is some great coffee also. They're rebellious by nature. It's their tagline. And it's true because Deathwish has the beans to sponsor a show like Carl Pulling.
1: That's great, but I'm pretty tired. Do you think you could just send me the
0: URL so I could
1: just paste it into my browser and I'll get this put over I'll put it in with? the show
0: notes. But again, <laughs> it's, it's Carlpooling.com slash coffee. And I've got even better news for you, Hunter. This will wake you up. Using our discount code dwcaf 10 that's D-W-C-A-F-F-10, our listeners can get 10% off their total order, so you really have nothing to lose. Wake up, be a rebel, go to carlpoolingcom coffee right now and score yourself some Death Wish coffee at a great price. Death Wish, it might kill a horse. <laughs> discounts like these you can't afford to sleep through them okay back to the show look i know it's been a minute but there's a very good reason we've been away We've been preparing for a very special a very special episode of Carl pooling and that is our our review of the Barbie movie now Hunter one thing mm-hmm. uh, first of all I know that you've been on a, a sabbatical
1: yeah I was, I was actually I was at one of those spas that freezes you like Han Solo.
0: Did did you mean freezes you like Han Solo?
1: Yeah, they freeze you like Han Solo. They put you in that carbonite
0: block. It, it's, I didn't even know that was the thing. It's really good for you, actually. Just I doubt that. It, it didn't seem like it was very good for him. But uh, do you know that there's actually like ketamine resort getaways? Is there really? Yeah. Weird, dude. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I. I have been. uh, I went to a. I went to a a monastery. Actually, Mm, that's a lot. I haven't spoken at all for the past two weeks. I've been living with the monks and learning their ways. And and uh, what a majestic people! I imagine their thoughts are deep. However, I don't know how you would verify that fact, considering they don't share any of them. But it does remind you of the old adage that. If you open your mouth, then everyone will know you're an idiot. But if you don't open your mouth, everyone might just suspect it. Unless you live in a monastery, then people probably think you're deep, although they have no direct evidence of that. I, You know, that old, that pithy aphor- aphorism.
1: I love it.
0: It's one of my favorites. And
1: I just thought, wouldn't it be a great sitcom if you just took, like... Oh, my God. Recordings of monks, you know, just like them going about their daily chores and then just randomly at no point in particular added a laugh track.
0: They're just <laughs> looking at each other across the table. Exactly. And one of them stares at the other one and then laugh track.
1: Exactly. Like there's nothing funny happening. Like they're
0: just <laughs> they're just knowing vegetables and it's like <laughs> I would tune in every week. <laughs> <laughs> We can bring the laugh track, back. laugh track back. It's not dead. It's not dead. Uh, it's mostly dead. Mm. No, but Hunter and I have been preparing to give you our review of the Barbie movie. Now that's right. We took as as you've already heard, we took some very direct and meaningful steps to prepare for this review. Mm-hmm. One element of our our preparation that we skipped, in a way we did not see the film yeah now a lot of you and i i think rightfully so are going to are going to assume that this is going to color our review in a certain way that maybe our our critiques won't be as pertinent because we haven't watched it um that's Honestly, and I, I don't want to come across too strong here, but honestly, you're crazy yeah. for suggesting that. It's insane. Uh, it's it's, it's insane. It's actually insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I did be- astral project myself into the film. I did tell you that, right?
0: But not into the theater watching the film, into the actual underlying film itself. I'm
1: not going to astral project myself into a theater. That's <laughs> Which, dangerous. To be clear,
0: to be clear, you haven't seen, yeah. especially in Colorado, um, the the so so let's let's begin, Hunter. The film opens, I think. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that part? The beginning of it.
1: I was just surprised that they actually made the film in a pop up book because, like you said, it opens up and yeah, it's right. It's, it opens. It's just strange because you're looking at the Mattel Barbie, and all of a sudden you're playing Operation. And it's just not—it's just not how you expect to spend the first thirty minutes of a film. Um, it, it,
0: for for me, I thought I I thought that bar the heroin addiction angle mm, mm-hmm. was artistic, but maybe a little bit too gritty for their audience. Yeah, you know, I think most people think, oh, the Barbie movie. They don't know that they're getting what what is obviously the spiritual successor to Pulp Fiction. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. So it was it was interesting also not to you know overanalyze it obviously it's it's a film about a doll but where do they inject it yeah does it just kind of sit inside the hollow plastic shell of the barbie yes and that so that that was strange to me (laughs) um I, i don't know why i mean i feel like that's
1: just the biases that you bring from society you know it, which is, which I understand that. You
0: mean the bias that t- you need blood to make heroin work? Yes,
1: yes. I mean, how simple minded and blinded by capitalism do you have to be to not understand that heroin can seep through the ether and doesn't have anything to do with? liquids or metabolic activities you know but but
0: certainly heroin is a liquid no in its most commonly utilized form i
1: I just don't understand how you can be so naive i just okay (laughs) well
0: and i just want technically it's a solution (laughs) suspended in a liquid um yeah honestly uh for me not enough nudity actually really Well, you're starring Margot Robbie in a film. Mm. Let's be honest. We're not doing it for her talent. (laughs) I feel like they really played to their weaknesses there.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. You know what's actually terrifying? Yes. Kevin Gosling just looks like an old man. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) What did I say? Stop stop the show. Did I get the name wrong? I think I got the name wrong.
0: <laughs> just let him keep it
1: Yeah, Kevin is Hunter. Mr. Gosling um, Which state his full name for the record Kevin <laughs> Kevin Gosling I have no idea what I've Every done Every
0: teenage girl from here to Timbuktu just died
1: So sorry, teenage girls
0: Didn't know you guys listened to this <laughs> no, show But I'm happy to have you It's Kevin Gosling <laughs>
1: I don't know what I've done.
0: He's like the black Ryan Hart, you know, yeah. or the white one. Yeah, that's why I like to think of him as. Is it Ryan Gosling for real? It is Ryan Gosling that for real. Shatters my whole universe. <laughs> he doesn't even look like a Kevin Hunter.
1: I I really think he does though. Like if I had to, if you put me in a room and you're like, you can name this man Kevin or Ryan, I'd be like Kevin for sure. That's a big old okay. Kevin boy. Um, I,
0: you you didn't prepare for this even more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've spent your whole life not preparing for this moment. I,
1: I just want to say that that man looks like he's trying to look like a, a strapping 30 year old and he does not he doesn't look that good. He, it's like every Watch shot it. every shot <laughs> just is so uh vibrant. it just pulls out all his old man face for me.
0: It really does. I don't yeah. know if that was intentional to make him look like plasticky, but all the promotional material I've seen I've been like, "Ooh, this is not a hundred percent for w- me. Which is fine. And I mean What wasn't wasn't was it Ryan Gosling in Nightcrawler? Yeah. I think he was in Nightcrawler. Oh uh, no, Jake. that was Jill Hall. Yeah. What what has Gosling been in that I care about? Probably nothing. Uh wasn't was he in the notebook? I have no idea that Chris cares about oh yeah you really missed the mark there anyhow dodge listen as far as the conclusion of the film is concerned um <laughs> I don't think it could have gone another way than ritual mass suicide
1: yeah I thought the the chainsawing the t-rex's head off was a bit gauche but you know it, it made yeah. sense it made listen sense.
0: You, you come out with a movie in the middle of summer you gotta have a you gotta have a chainsaw decapitation. Mm. It it look, it puts butts in seats. Yeah. Unlike Margot Robbie's acting, which again, you put a butt on the screen, you get butts in the seats, play to your strengths. Get Blade Runner.
1: Did you hear of course? Did you wait
0: Blade Runner? Yeah. Twenty forty eight. Oh. Ryan Gosling was in that.
1: Uh, hey, excellent. Excellent film. Did you hear that the Barb movie cleared like a billion dollars? Like, like, it, it's kind of insane that I think it's two of the best performing movies are Super Mario and Barbie. It's it's kind of just insane how much our toys possess our creative energy, space, and value, I guess. It's just, it's very weird. It's very infantile. Um, not that I... Yeah necessarily hate anyone for going to see the barbie movie it's not like there's a lot of interesting films being made right now but like are the best artists of our day are making films about toys for young women or young girls
0: it's very strange yeah it is it is strange um but you know the like you said there's been a lot of drivel lately yeah i i think i've i've listened to a couple of reviews of the barbie movie in all seriousness it seems like there's people that are obviously like shooting their shot about it, um, and making a bunch of money off of it, like Ben <laughs> Shapiro's pretty hilarious, right? Uh, des- destruction of the film, mm-hmm. uh, which I think it totally deserves. To me, it seems like it is, it is, perfectly, average, cut rate, feminist melodrama rebrand you know movie mm. i i think there's there's pretty much no substance there one way or the other mm. um i know that that one of the characters goes on a pretty long screed about how hard it is to be a woman which i just always uh, you know whatever it's in a ton of movies now but uh hol- people in hollywood whose job is to pretend to be dolls is really that's really a person that I want to hear from about how difficult their life is. Yeah. It really resonates with me when the rich and famous lecture the stupid plebeians in the middle of the country about how difficult life is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredibly rich. Hey, speaking of things that are incredibly rich, Lizzo's Pudding Blood, Hunter, we had to talk about this. I hope this wasn't the roadkill today. I D- what did you hear about Lizzo?
1: i i heard about the lawsuit against her yeah um i didn't hear anything about putting blood
0: oh sorry that was an assumption on my part that her blood is <laughs> no. mostly no no oh that's
1: that's that's a direction um yeah you cut her yeah i heard about it's just i heard about Jello the lawsuits and uh, no that's not the roadkill today um, okay
0: good let's talk about this because i should we introduce the show and then fine okay i guess go ahead you try it this time welcome to carl it's a show
1: between brothers about everything you would want to know science religion philosophy yes some other stuff like politics you can't talk about it at work or else you get fired it's a show that will get you fired uh follow us on them itunes at carl we're on twitter and instagram too Rate the show. Why haven't you rated the show? Send in a question. We love
0: questions that we ignore and save for later. <laughs> hey, hey. O- honestly, old man Hunter, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Gosling. Hmm. It's uh, Apple Podcast now, no. and also we're on the Google Play Store, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. If you're the weird bald headed acolyte yeah. of oh, what's the dude's name? What's the guy? What's the Amazon guy? Jeff I'm Bezos. Losing- yeah, uh, the Bezos acolyte. Mm. If you're the single member of the Church of Bezos, shaving your head and delivering odds and ends to your neighbors' front doors in worship to the great, the great bald one, um, you can find us on Amazon Podcasts. But I don't think anybody actually uses it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a front for money laundering. Actually, yeah.
1: You can also send me an email, and I'll uh I'll I'll mail you a gramophone copy of the podcast every week
0: gramophone yeah a little something extra for me to going way back mm. get the ceramics out mm. we're grinding mm-hmm. today. <laughs> exactly speaking of grinding and getting the ceramics out ceramics plates that i'm assuming you're going to snack uh snack put snacks upon okay now i've got snack pack snack pack pudding yep blood, pudding blood how do we get blood lizzo we're back <laughs> oh okay I don't know. Let a British person cook it. Nice. Uh, I think that I think we have to talk about this Lizzo story now. This Lizzo story is my favorite story of the week. Mm. There's also parts of it that aren't my favorite story. Mm-hmm. Let me talk about that. My parts that aren't the f- aren't my favorite is that it sounds like some pretty horrendous things happened to some people that it shouldn't have happened to. Yeah. That being said. Lizzo has been going on a media rampage about what a perfect human being she is, about how you have to accept people for who they are, and how it's inappropriate to body shame. And she was just the perfect little well, not little, but the perfect giant hero of the left. Mm. And to be honest, Hunter, she's found herself in in just a massive amount of trouble. Mm. Do you want to tell the tell the audience? Part of the giant quagmire she's in. She's in a major lawsuit and a gargantuan lawsuit.
1: Yeah, a a tumultuous,
0: bulbous lawsuit. I don't know. You took all the good ones. (laughs) A wobbly, undulating, pudding-like lawsuit. Yeah. Um,
1: she fat shamed her dancers. Uh,
0: The BMI of this lawsuit (laughs) is over twenty-eight. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to. If this BMI took a cholesterol test. They would set a high score. No doubt. But she fat shamed
1: her dancers who are on this dance tour with her uh, about being big
0: dancers, which is kind of like, what? Um, And if that's not calling the Lizzo fat, I mean the kettle black, I don't want that to come across as racist, as incidental. It's an idiom.
1: Yeah. And it seems like she took them to sex shows and made them do things at these sex shows to performers, yeah, I'll there. say it, Hunter.
0: She forced her dancers to eat bananas out of the vaginas of sex workers in Amsterdam, <sighs> yeah. and then tricked other ones of her dancers to going into going to another nude performance. She forced a one of her dancers who was very uncomfortable with the situation to make sexual contact with the breasts of a nude performer in Amsterdam. Yeah.
1: Gross. Gross, and also horrible. And disgusting and I it's one thing to you, you heard
0: the part about the bananas, right? To to ask I hate Hollywood. I hate the entertainment industry so much. Mm-hmm. Here we go. They lecture us nonstop. Lizzo specifically lectures us non stop about what it takes to be a moral person. You can't judge people by how they look. And you've gotta love everybody for who they are and all this stuff, and we get Endless, mindless, mind-rotting, IQless drivel, like gravy spilling from the veins of Lizzo. Oh my god. About how to be a moral person. And yet, and yet, have any of your employers in middle America ever asked you and pressured you to literally eat a banana out of the vagina of a sex worker and if they did they would be so far under the jailhouse that it would make O J Simpson nostalgic i don't i don't understand why the why so many sheep people continue to take their marching orders from the literal worst people on planet earth about what is moral and what is what is the right thing to do if you're a musician shut up and play your little keyboard if you're an actor shut up and do your little scene you are the most vapid most self-centered people on planet Earth, the only reason that you open your mouths is so that you can see the sun because that's how far your heads are up your own ass. I hate these people so much, so when we see that Lizzo is actually just a complete p o s like everyone knew, it just it warms the dark cockles of my heart honey.
1: <laughs> yeah no it's it's gross she she kind of did a Weinstein on him, you know she she did. And while
0: she while she goes on tours lecturing the American people, yeah, about about how to be moral moral individuals in this bright shining new society.
1: Yeah, it's it's sad. It's disgusting. Um, it continues. We continue to promote artists that are sexualized in nature, and we continue to promote
0: movies that are about children's toys. Yay, yeah. our society
1: it's 100 it's good. gross
0: it's disgusting you're 100 right it's also high in potassium yeah and uh, you know what that goes to show you there's a silver lining on everything
1: that yeah uh-huh yeah i'm never going to amsterdam <laughs> ever that that's just it in a nutshell like i don't even want to <laughs>
0: catch a whiff of that country Or... It's weed, if you'd like to know. Yeah, I'm sure. Literally, the doors open on the train, and it's just like, your eyebrows melt. How do they make money? Like, well, okay, never mind. I answered my
1: own question, but how do they pay (laughs) for it?
0: They pay for what? The weed? I guess. I guess that's all they have to pay for, is just weed. There's a lot of tourism there. Yeah. Also, a lot of bikes. So many bikes. Okay. They sell bikes. It's cool for a weekend, but after that, no, they... Everybody rides bikes. Oh, everywhere.
1: so they don't do the whole car thing. Okay. Well, they
0: do. That's and this is the craziest part about Amsterdam. Ninety mm-hmm. percent of people are on bikes. Ten percent of the people drive through crowded city blocks at one hundred and forty-eight miles an hour. Oh, okay. In it's, like a Renault. It sounds like it's, a terrible place. I've never been closer to being. Hit. I've I've been closer to being hit by a car. I've never been closer to being hit at. Buy two cars at the same time as when I was in Amsterdam. Two cars were coming at me so fast, I had to dodge in between them. It was, it's a wild time out there. Wild, dude. Um, wild time. My only experience also,
1: in Europe with cars is that...
0: Best casino. Oh,
1: that's good. You can lose all your money. Uh, my only experience in Europe with cars is you could literally be almost kissing a car and it would magically miss you. Um, I don't know how they do it, but they—they they, no one ever hits anybody ever. It's pretty amazing. Well,
0: people—people people that have never been to Europe don't understand that all the cars are tiny. Hot meals. Yeah, they're tiny. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Those little tricycles—that's Europe. Uh, Even like when like a contractor shows up to repair something, mm-hmm. they show up in little. What trucks. is li- literally a miniaturized version of like the white creeper van? Yeah. But you're, but I'm taller than it. Yeah, and I could have pushed it over. Yeah, and sometimes I did. Yeah, why not? Take advantage well, of it, Hunter. I think we've we've spent enough time on. Li- hey, uh, Jamie, get me Lizzo's true name, her Christian name. I didn't even like saying that. Her non-Christian <laughs> name, <laughs> whatever it is. I'll wait. Melissa Vivian Jefferson.
1: Melissa Gross. Jefferson isn't bad.
0: That's a nice name. It is. But it is when you think about who she is. No,
1: it's terrible then. Yeah.
0: I'd send you a picture, Hunter, but I know that you only have a standard width monitor. Yeah. Um, I have an ultra wide, so I can, I can almost get it all in frame. And the hits keep coming, and the hits keep coming, and the hits keep coming. Uh, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I have no more reason to be polite to this person. They're I, trash. I, I get it, They're dude. trash.
1: I get it. Yeah. I mean, no, they're, they're Harvey Weinstein level of pillory at this point, right? Especially if this yeah. – I mean, I don't see any reason
0: to believe that any of this is false. Plus, you we know? haven't heard about any other fruits. I don't – I mean, it probably doesn't stop at bananas. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. I think every fruit should be investigated. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to do the skit that came to my head. <laughs> I just want to let that skit die. Just say pineapple, and we'll move to the roadkill. Wasn't that okay? <laughs> to the
1: roadkill. Not breaking through that glass ceiling. Mega Rapinoe uh, dropped out of the U.S. women's team. Got him eliminated after the worst PK kick. Or, I guess, penalty kick. You get the idea. That has ever been done in this sport
0: forever. Christopher, have you seen the video? It's glorious. I've seen the video. It, speaking of people whose who's <laughs> misfortune I will revel in, Megan Rapino Rapino. Uh, which one is it? Actually, I don't care. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, a terrible kick off the sidebar.
1: Yeah, just rocketed it up into the uh bleachers to the fans she thought she was playing uh baseball there and wanted to you know smack one to a kid let him cry about it go home and say dad this is this is the this is a baseball brett Favre, (laughs) the (laughs) evil
0: woman who hates men hit me with a ball yeah
1: exactly um no she just she just is really bad at soccer and can't put it in the goal and, uh, you know, it's good It's good to see because she's getting interviewed afterwards. And the lady is like, what's your most proudest moment in sport? And then she's like, I, I think it's the chance I started for
0: equal pay. Yeah, let's talk about that because I had a tweet about this. <laughs> oh, did uh, you? A couple okay. of things. A couple of things. One, the women were on a contract mm. that they they bargained for that paid them a flat rate regardless of performance.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The men, on the other hand, were under a contract where they got paid vastly more for wins. Mm-hmm. Which it seems like a perfectly both contracts seem perfectly equitable to me in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. If you want to if you want to pay for for um a service, you can set a flat rate and say, Hey, if you show up and play the game, play the game and then you get this rate, seems great to me. Yep. On the other hand, Do you want to risk some of your potential earnings for the chance at greater earnings? This is capitalism. Mm -hmm. I do love that she was arguing to have an equal contract structure to the men and then biffed the ball (laughs) into the the crowd. uh, Not only costing her team the win, but costing them also a ton of money. Yes. That's one great thing about this story. Uh, the second great thing about this story, and by great I mean truly, truly miserable thing about the story, can you imagine being a captain of a national sports team mm-hmm. for several years, mm-hmm. the relationships that you would make, the places that you would get to go, the people you would get to meet, and the great drama that you would get to engage in on a... A weekly basis Mm -hmm. engaging with other other people people that become your family in a struggle that that dramatizes the human experience writ large and when you're asked what your what your favorite moment of that is your takeaway is simply equal pay like I, i tweeted out about this but when I saw that statement, I truly got sad for her. I mean, what a miserable person she must be that her biggest her biggest takeaway from what is undoubtedly a phenomenal career that her biggest takeaway is just equal pay.
1: Yeah, it's kind of incredible. Um, you know, it just you you think that there's so much that people get from sport that they learn that they get to bond with each other, that they get to make all these relationships. And, you know, then you kind of feed yourself a lie. You make yourself important with a lie, right? That it's equal pay. No, it's a contract. It's a negotiated contract, you know? And because you got to uh, self-flagellate at a grand scale, which is how we measure how moral you are in America, right? Uh, You get to throw all that out the window. And beat your chest about that it's just it just shows you the seriousness that we approach all moral issues you know once again you know we just seem to be lining them up and knocking them down our sports uh that are competitors in sport right they're just um they're not serious people they're not very moral yeah. people and they don't understand what it is they're doing they're just entertainers you know right um right
0: but we've we've the The mainstream culture treats them with the gravitas of the enlightened gods, right? And it's so, it's so obviously a sham. Yeah, that's the that's the frustrating part. Correct. Um, no one should care what Megan Rapinoe has to say, mm. especially not when she can't even do her job, which is kickball into big box. Mm. Um, but now her lasting legacy is going to be biffing the world cup after making a huge deal that the women deserve to get as paid as much as the men, which by the way, they just straight up. Don't they have more wins. That's true. Nobody watches women's soccer. Like it is, it is not a culturally relevant thing. When you look even in foreign countries that actually care about soccer, the viewership differentials between men's and women's soccer, even on the national level, it's not even close. It's not even close. In fact, one of the reasons that the U.S. women's team is so successful when America could not care less about soccer is because these other countries that are incredibly dominant do not care about women's soccer. So you don't attract the audience. You're not as hot of a commodity as a product. And that's just how life works. Now, if you wanted to put butts in seats, nude Margot Robbie. Now, that's an idea that... You can have for free, honestly, U.S. women's team. Just think about having naked Margot, Margot Robbie there. I don't know what that would cost. Mm. But it seems like she's taking her top off in every film since Wolf of Wall Street. So I can't imagine it would be that hard.
1: I, it is interesting to me um, that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm sure you could see it because you can just see You might it.
0: have to pay her to keep her top on.
1: Well, Sorry, Hunter, I got lost for a minute. Go ahead. Sure. You know, obviously I would imagine that because, you know, prisons are filled with men and because violent crimes are committed by men, I would imagine that fights that happen in men's sports are drastically more common uh, than fights that happen in women's sports. And that would lead me to make a very, very simple observation, which is not that people go to see sports because um, fights are going to take place and they want to see people fight, although obviously there are sports centered around that, it's because people go to sports because they want to see passionate playing at sport itself, right? And yes. one of the ways that you could measure that, if you wanted to, if you were uh, a sociologist or a psychologist, is say, well, how many times are emotions not managed properly? Right. That would be a good indicator of passion. Right. And so it just seems that women uh, before you you don't even have to talk about the physical uh, capacity. It just seems that women are not as emotionally invested by that metric in the sports they play. Right. Well,
0: I mean, by, like it seems recidivist or backwards, but biologically, this is certainly true. Sure. Yeah. I mean, sports emanate from this idea of going to war. Mm hmm. There's two sides. They have a goal. Those goals are it's a way to go to war that's peaceful, right? Right, right, and and that's also why we set it up around nations, little little nation states or city states. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We set it up in that context because it's a way to to it's an analog for physical prowess Mm -hmm. over the other. The other side yeah and that's why people get so invested in them even though they're just games and like i said it's a it's a drama that that you get to play out in front of a crowd and and the eyes of the world are on you just like in a in a combat situation so it really does speak to that drama um of course it's far more civilized and i'm not equating actual warriors with people that play sports in any way other than uh it's an explanation for why we play sports so there's two basic points about this. One, no matter how how modern you want to think that you are, mm-hmm. men are instruments of war, women are not. And this is, the, we don't even have to go into it. The data is clear and thorough about this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, that goes from our disposition to our physical frame. Yeah. And then secondly, people are not as interested at watching a facsimile of war orchestrated by women. Mm-hmm. It's just not as interesting. The, sta- I mean, the stakes are lower. And that seems to hold true across virtually every culture across the entire globe. Mm-hmm. So, which should not be surprising. It's embedded in our own genetics. It's embedded in our biology. It's embedded in our DNA. Yeah. So, Rapinoe, thanks for coming. Not too much. And uh, we'll see you never, because I guess you're done. Toodles, Hunter. Mm. Please, before we move on to our main story this week, Mm -hmm. I simply must have the next epic installment of my favorite segment of the show. How much vamping do you need?
1: I I don't even, I don't understand. This doesn't stay in my head. Like, I, I, I completely forget this is a
0: thing. Just, make, just any any random thing, any mm, old random thing. I'm expecting you're already there. Uh, yes, we've locked it in. Yeah, and now it's time for, Hunter's a virgin. Hunter, Gandalf has one of the three Elven rings. Oh really? Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. But I'm not. That's all I'm going to tell you. He doesn't. Does he have it at the time of the film? That's all I'm going to tell you. Son of a gun. Mm. Mm. That's frustrating. Okay, well, this has been Hunters of virgin. virgin. It is
1: crazy to me how much like people watch, and I, I did, it, me too, but you watch Lord of the Rings and you just go, oh, that makes sense. And it's like, actually, no, it doesn't. And not in the pomo- in the uh Pinocchio way either you know, where it's just, like, it's Hmm. a talking puppet. Like, it actually thematically in in the universe just doesn't make sense, but it's just strange. You just accept it even more so. I I don't know. Maybe you just think that it must be explained somewhere else or in the book or something when you're watching the movies. Yeah,
0: Yeah, you do. Well, because... What, it's like the elves got three rings and then mm-hmm. the dwarves got five rings or six rings or however many it Seven, was. Seven, you moron.
1: It's okay. It's okay. Okay, all right, all right. It came <laughs> out
0: pretty strong there. Is it, was there another set or was that... Yeah, the, there was... How many ring race rings? are there? Oh, I don't, God. Really? Five? Really? You don't know how many ring race there are? Fifteen? There's nine, dude. Were those the men? Yeah. I didn't know they gave rings to just normal dudes.
1: I am like... I'm, like, having so much
0: listen, physical listen. pain. Listen, <clears throat> listen, they say it at the beginning of the movie, but then they never do anything with it. Yeah. There's only one ring that ever mattered. Yeah. In the films.
1: Yeah, but you see Nine Ring Race. Like, it's it happens in the film multiple times.
0: Well, yeah, you see them, but nobody counts them. <laughs> they, like... Unless- Oh uh, No, argue that people count the ring ringwraiths, you autist. Go I, ahead.
1: I, I, I guess I do. <laughs> I guess I see it. Because, like, I'm you like... count
0: your chromosomes, you retard. It's, um, it's rough. Do you do that with everything in films? You sit there in the back of the theater like, hmm, how many notebooks are on the de- desk? Yeah. I'm, one, two, three, four. I'm like, That's I count a, the
1: stairs as they go up in the Minds more. It's really hard to keep track of them all, but you
0: can. You're like radio, but more so. Yeah. I love that you keep all that together... And then the credits come, which are just written in English, and you're like, hmm, Kevin Gosling works for me. What do you mean you didn't count the ring (laughs) rates?
1: Oh, man.
0: All right, Hunter, we have to talk for a minute about private internet access. Now, PIA is my favorite VPN. Have you ever used one before? Oh, yeah, they're great. Excellent. Jamie? My parents met on a VPN. Well, I'm not at all convinced that that's relevant. But let me tell you this. If you're online in the 21st century, you need a VPN. Why? As the amount of threats that exists on the internet increases and the amount of our data that's being stored online increases simultaneously, it's imperative that we do something to protect ourselves, protect our data as we surf the web. Now, VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. And what it does is it encrypts your data as it's going between your device, your machine, and the greater internet. Preventing it from being intercepted by malicious actors and hackers and identity thieves, etc. So a VPN is non-negotiable in today's digital day and age. Now PIA is my favorite because it's the world's most transparent VPN provider. They have over 30 million downloads and they never store user data. They have a strict no logs policy, which has actually been proven out multiple times in courts and by a third party audit from Deloitte. So they truly don't store your data.
1: That's right, Chris. And what private internet access does is it hides your IP address and encrypts your internet connection. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that internet service providers and government sensors can't get at your data. If you're saying something that you don't want them to look at, even if it's just your business, there's no reason for those nefarious actors to have
0: any view into your data or what you're doing on the internet. That's your data protected. That's right. And private internet access also comes with loads of entertainment benefits. The VPN is compatible with all of your major streaming platforms. So you shouldn't experience any issues running Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming entertainment device you want to use plus it's one of the few vpns that supports p2p that's peer-to-peer file sharing so this is a huge benefit for power users
1: not only do you get the benefit of using any streaming service you can also use it with any operating system we're talking windows mac os android linux ios use different operating systems not a problem have an android phone and once you use it on your mac not a problem. And what's even better than that? You can have an unlimited amount of devices use it at the same time.
0: That's right. And pulling has the best deal for you today on PIA, on getting a VPN, securing your data. For just $2.03 a month, you can start protecting yourself online and your family online. That's 83% off the sticker price for private internet access. So act now. You get that great price plus four months free and you really have nothing to lose because private internet access offers a free 30-day money-back guarantee as well as 24 7 support so you are definitely going to either be pleased with the product or not be out a single dime but i know that you're going to love it you're going to want to keep it private internet access has a great vpn Carl Pooling has a great deal for you. Support them. Support the show. Go to carlpooling.com slash PIA right now to take advantage of this great deal. Again, that's carlpooling.com slash PIA. Snag a VPN. Protect yourself online. Support them. Support the show. And we will really appreciate it. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right, well, let's get into our main story this week, Hunter. Mm. It's actually a review of Oppenheimer. Just kidding, but Oppenheimer was great. Go see Oppenheimer. I still haven't seen it or the Sound of Freedom. I will. Freedom. S- oh, you haven't seen Sound of Freedom either. I haven't seen Hunter. either of those.
1: I also and Sound of Freedom is clear, is cleaning up too. It got more money than uh, uh Mission Impossible, so that's that's kind of shocking too. I didn't even know there was a new Mission Impossible on. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise well, is go- still cranking them out. There's going to be. This is one of those two parter movies in a series where
0: it's like it ends on a cliffhanger so oh really mm-hmm. well good for him yeah. i'll wait till the other half comes out. there you go i mission impossible does not have the staying power to, to to warrant a cliffhanger dude i'm i'm sorry
1: it i like i would agree with you but then i would have said like the fast and furious is probably like the same thing but the last one that came out for fast and furious also ended on a cliffhanger so did but, you watch it no i just no thanks that's what I do. I count things and
0: I know things. <laughs> hey you guys Yeah. Um, oh man. gosh, you are the you are the flesh monster from the Goonies.
1: <laughs> Could not make it through the Goonies. So This is you just didn't gonna like be the Goonies? I really didn't know. It it oh just it rubbed me the We're wrong ending way. The show. <laughs> I
0: know. I know. I know. The Goonies is a masterpiece. Yeah, it's not. It's a cult masterpiece. <laughs> it really is. I, it let, really is. Let me say this about Oppenheimer, real mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to take the the ulterior position to everybody that re- reviews movies these days. Mm-hmm. I don't think Oppenheimer was a second too long. Oh, really? Um, okay. I love. I think I thought the way that they told the story. When when people are saying that a movie's too long, mm. I think generally what they mean is that the the pacing doesn't support the underlying source material. Yeah, in that they had to slow the movie down or speed the movie up to make the right runtime. Um, pacing in this film was excellent; it mm. was never boring, in my opinion. Hmm. I'm also a big nerd for all the physics stuff so sure yeah I, I i might have been more engrossed than other people although they did not really get into the physics as crunchy as i would have liked but i also realized i would be the only one in the theater yeah um but you and christopher nolan are like yes, yes. Are each other listen tenet makes sense if you're an idiot oh. um but yeah i haven't liked a lot of his a lot of his more recent films mm. this one is brilliant mm. absolutely brilliant I will also say content warning. It has the most unnecessary sex scene of any movie that I've ever seen. Really? Interesting. It's just it's just flagrant. Mm. Um that's it's that's it's one for me, I just feel I I don't like that content when it isn't useful yeah. or necessary. Like, for instance, in Deus Ex Machina, there's nudity in that movie. I think it really makes sense. In that film, which I, never, I won't go into right now, exactly s- why, yeah. But in this movie, it's just like you're at a dinner party, and it's clear that these people are are going to sleep together. And then it was just so obnoxious and the camera just stayed there. And at a certain point, you're like, "That's just porn." Yeah. Um. But anyhow, um. But the the way that Nolan made senate hearings senate confirmation hearings and construction unbelievably engaging just also enough cannot be said for for the main performance in the film as as well as um robert downey jr was just fantastic Mm. as well so okay that's my actual review of oppenheimer go see it that was great um but our main story this week Mm. It's a, re- a review of the Super Mario movie. Yep. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I haven't seen that.
1: Luigi's mustache is not as good as you would hope for. Five. Not stars. enough.
0: Not enough strands of ray tracing. Yeah. No. Today we're actually going to talk about AI. Why are we going to talk about AI? There's so many important things going on. I absolutely despise this news cycle with a passion. It's
1: rough, dude. It's I think rough. this is this. Uh,
0: there's nothing going on everything that is going on is depressing um the republic is collapsing and we're all in hell oh so we're going to talk about ai and ai i think i think chat gpt shocked the world Mm -hmm. in a certain sense i think that people were not prepared for how advanced this technology had become Kind of behind the scenes. That
1: that's because they were sending text with like the Siri auto text detect feature where you just press like the middle square thirty times and see what text message comes out, and it was horrendous. You know? So And that was AI that used to be AI. That used to be AI. And then this came around and it's like, wow, that's a lot better than Siri middle button press, you know.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. We're we're <laughs> not far away from having yeah, some type of machine learning running directly on your phone that yep. does y- predictive text for you. Yep, which is, mm, I feel bad for that learning learning engine. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. It's gonna have to wade through hell. So, Hunter, I I've worked in AI mm-hmm. for about five years on and off. What's your experience with AI been like, and um? Did you see any of this coming? What did what were your thoughts around it before we jump into where we are today?
1: No, I haven't I haven't worked with it at all or or knew where it was going to occur. I think the thing that was surprising to me um, AI was supposed to be robots essentially is how we kind of thought about it before ChatGPT happened. Like it was the Amazon truck driver that was going to lose his job. Uh, right. it was that person or it was a warehouse that was going to employ these robots and utilize them and, uh, ambulation, I think I'm using that term correctly is a lot harder to work out than just speech apparently. And so it seems like, like one of the jobs that I think is just, I I've worked with a lot in tech is content writing, which is just literally blurbs that get placed it onto websites about phones and stuff. And they have to be uh, screened by legal, and they have, to be, they have to go through marketing. And we would spend, we had an entire team of writers dedicated to doing that at uh, the cell phone company I worked for, right? And mm-hmm. so it was kind of obnoxious um, because it would just take so many hours to write a paragraph. And now it's really hard to justify uh, if you had an AI with some parameters that that's a real
0: job anymore right yeah Um, well and even even more complicated documents like like basic contracts mm -hmm. and and some some legal documents i don't know why we would need humans to do that for very much longer Mm -hmm. um of course there'll be a transition period but i so i've done some work directly with ai and let me just say this this is a revolution yeah and there's no there's no putting this genie back in the bottle there's some people that say ai is no big deal uh i think that they're just completely wrong i think this is going to change our economics it's going to change our society and it will take a while for this to all come to fruition but the speed at which we will increase our technological aptitude now is going to increase exponentially um I think the I think the rate of change that is going to come in the next few years on the back of this is is going to be shocking. Mm-hmm. Let me let me explain that by explaining this anecdote. Uh the the terror monster <laughs> that is the Boston Dynamics robot mm-hmm. which we've probably all seen this semi-humanoid looking creature that Has learned to walk and do backflips and navigate uneven terrain and do all of these tasks. You have a, a robot that can ambulate. It's got motors. It's got controls. And then you have code that tells it how. It gives it parameters about its body. It gives it parameters about its weight, the surface that it's on, it cameras to see where it's going. And it you, it walks according to its code. Boston Dynamics had been trying to develop software that would allow this creature to walk for many years. They were entirely unsuccessful. The reason that the Boston Dynamics robot can walk is because its engine that allows it to was a... Was a machine learning neural network system. Mm. So, so let me say that. A di- let's define some terms here. Big data. Sometimes people use that when they're talking about AI. Big data is involved with, but not commis, it's not the same term as AI. Right. Big data is a way to analyze incredibly large data sets. Those data sets are often interpreted <sighs> by artificial intelligence. You've probably heard of machine learning. Machine learning is synonymous with AI in a certain sense. Um, Machine learning is the, the method by which you do not code a program to go through a specific algorithm that you want. You code a program by setting up a neural network and then engaging in what is called supervised or unsupervised learning. Which is where you, in supervised learning, you present the artificial intelligence with some type of problem or task. And you allow them to solve it through trial and error. And then you basically pass or fail them. So then it knows to tweak its parameters and try again. And eventually this will create an algorithm that successfully accomplishes the task. Yeah. Unsupervised learning is a little bit more complicated and, and typically, unsupervised learning is utilized after supervised learning when the AI has learned enough about the pass-fail parameters that it can effectively pass or fail itself. I'm simplifying that quite a bit, but that's an easy way to understand it. Then you let it go into an unsupervised learning mode where it just tackles... Thousands and thousands and thousands of simulations quickly to fine tune its parameters. That's the typical way that this is done. So I say those things to say, and this is central to really what I want to talk about artificial intelligence because, you know, I've been having a lot of conversations about artificial intelligence. People asking me what my thoughts are on it, if I think we're in danger, if I think that, you know, we're about to see. This Rise of Skynet.
1: Who your favorite and
0: computer is. Everybody knows who my favorite computer is, Jamie. The, no one's asking me that. They all know. Uh, stop it. Um, they So people have been asking me that question, if we're going to see The Rise of Skynet. And it's a very complicated answer. So I, I thought it might be useful and interesting to the audience for Hunter and I to discuss this and, and give you some thoughts on it. So, so I say all of that to say, going back to my previous point, nobody knows the algorithm that the artificial intelligence, the neural network, is using to solve tasks. We, We have only looked at parameters and outcomes. But the steps that the intelligence... AI takes to translate inputs to outputs is obfuscated even to the developers. Nobody knows what the machine is actually doing. That's how it works. But when you when you understand that about AI, you can start to see how powerful it is. Because long before Chat GPT, machine learning was allowing these robots to learn to walk. When whole squadrons of some of the most talented coders on Earth could not account for all the parameters yeah. that were required to allow this robot to walk. Mm-hmm. A neural network was allowed to teach itself how to walk.
1: Just like a baby does.
0: It's very similar to how a baby does. Yeah. Um. Only that, and this is the major distinction that we've got to talk about. A baby knows how to walk and it also learns the purpose of walking. Right. It understands the reason of, of walking. So let's just... It actually let's get probably one. understands
1: the purpose for walking before it understands how to walk. Like... I, I, ba- yeah, that makes sense. A baby very much wants X for some reason and then pursues X and then sees other things uh, moving towards objects... And then realizes that it can do that as well, and then, in pursuit of X, learns to move its body. Right. Right.
0: Like, and, and the artificial intelligence wants nothing. Yeah. It does not. It that, does not want.
1: That is actually given to
0: it. Is its telios, right? It. Well, yeah. It is it we impart it Correct. onto Correct. onto the object it's a human design. It has nothing in itself, yeah, and this is one thing that I think that a lot of people who might not be uh inundated in the a i space are mistaken about when yeah. they talk about artificial intelligence this uh, there is a theory it is almost roundly debunked that a a sufficiently large sufficiently complex neural network will give rise to self-awareness and truly we have absolutely no reason to assume that is the case
1: we're actually getting close to the point where we can debunk that theory i don't know if we've done it yet right yeah. well
0: uh, and so what you're, i think what you're referring to and correct me if i'm wrong hunter but i yeah. think what you're referring to is we are about to have neural networks with as many connections that, as the human brain yeah. right with as many nodes and ties as the human brain mm-hmm. and then once we do that we'll have debunked the theory that it's it's a it's a scale issue it's a complexity issue if consciousness provided,
1: doesn't emerge
0: right and well and there, this is very complicated too because prove that you're conscious right yeah fair. it's an exceptionally hard thing to engage it's a hard question to engage with mm-hmm. um there are ways that we can differentiate our own consciousness from the simulated consciousness of an AI. And I really want to talk about one of those, but let's put a pin in it for a minute. Hmm. But I, my, my strong suspicion is that we will know, we will know there's a difference in kind, even as the ability to simulate reason uh, becomes more and more sophisticated in these language-based artificial intelligence models. Mm. And I say language-based because I want you all to remember, this is part of the reason that I say that this is a revolution and the rate of advancement is going to change drastically. Making a robot learn to walk is not a task that deals with natural language processing at all. A lot of people think that artificial intelligence is directed at national, n- uh, natural language processing or is directed at um, these speech algorithms that that almost pretend to be some type of human-esque intelligence communicating with you and solving problems for you. It's way, way, way bigger than that. We are getting to a place very shortly where the sophistication of the farmer will pale in comparison to the sophistication of the artificial intelligence at planting and tending to crop
2: Mm.
0: because once it once it has a sufficiently large data set on what parameters are important to make the plants grow it will it will do a better job than any human could possibly do yeah and and it's already been shown with the boston dynamics there's countless other there's countless other examples there's artificial intelligence that is not pointed at look it's a fake human it's pointed at solving these these complex tasks with with zillions and zillions of inputs and provided we have the proper the proper sensors and the proper data sets this will revolutionize almost everything that we do it it's hard to see areas where it won't save for these enterprises that are based on interpersonal connections
1: that that has been the th- so like you know as a general contractor you know that's been one of the things I've been thinking about is because my job is actually not necessarily to build buildings. My job is to assume risk, right? My job is to go into the market, find competent people who can produce the building that has been designed by an architect approved by a city and wanted by an owner. Right. And then manage those people in such a way that they get the, that the owner receives the building that they want at the end of the project. Right. And the problem is, um, You could absolutely, I can absolutely envision a world where an AI manages all that, right? And perhaps we're going to get to a future where we literally never work and we never um, have people involved, but you're going to need, at least for the foreseeable future, you know, individuals actually doing the work of construction, right? Um, Maybe that changes here soon, but it seems like we're having a lot harder time with the robots than we are with the artificial intelligence, um, you know, maybe you have artificial intelligence augmenting uh, what a plumber is doing, you know, giving them information while they're...
0: Yeah, well, like pricing, for instance. You get a set yeah. of plans. AI is going to price that way better than a person can in short order.
1: It, it, I'm so looking forward to it because the way that plans are given to us right now, they're actually very difficult for a human to process and interpret. But that being said, if the plans are developed by an architect, right... Uh, there's usually shortcomings. There's things that they've forgotten. There's things that they haven't optimized for. There's pieces missing. You could probably use artificial intelligence to improve that process.
0: Yeah. Um, I,
1: that- mean,
0: I, think we're, I think we're not far away from a future where natural language prompts mm-hmm. are fed into an architectural-oriented AI, yeah. and then plans are generated. Yeah. based on your prompts and then you can of course revise those as as you see fit. Right. And and that technology is going to get better and better and better and better. Yeah. Until you know an actual an actual artist drawing these plans may or may not be required at all. It may not, but it
1: will but the, the thing that will be interesting is how will that all be handled legally, right? Because yeah, right well, now like a structural engineer has to stamp drawings saying these are structurally sound. So does an engineer still have to man that stamp for his structural AI? Like, how does that exactly work in this brave new world, right? Then there's some, there's some, and that, that I guess is what I'm trying to drive at is still at the end of the day, you know, a demolition subcontractor has to show up to the building and tear down certain sections of the building to build the new part of the building, right? Those are still human beings, even with AI where
0: it is right now that have to get solved, Right yeah, because because robotic workforce is a totally separate issue to artificial intelligence. Correct. And so until
1: there's like that solution in place, you need someone to to work between all those intermediaries, right? And that's still going to be a human problem. And that's why I think that our jobs will get a lot simpler as far as the design of things goes. They'll probably also get a lot more complicated because what we'll probably see is the cost of making changes to plans. And blueprints and things like that Are going to go way down And therefore when the cost goes down People will make more changes Right? They'll be like well we want this color Or we want that color Or we want this to look like this Or we want this to look like that And it's just going to be pricing all of that out Is going to get more and more complicated And more and more difficult For uh, subcontractors to do um, But there are certain aspects About it that are going to get way way simpler But I think lo and behold what's not going to get simpler is someone that can navigate all that and have enough human knowledge to say okay well you just put that into the drawings that means these three people have to be involved right these three sure. separate firms have to be involved now and i have a personal relationship with these three firms that know when i call them i give them work and they show up and do it and i pay them let, right
0: so so let me build off of that point sure. and i'm going to do that first by going back okay for people that think that artificial intelligence is a total black box that they can't peer into, I like to tell them that that artificial intelligence is a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a screwdriver.
1: Yep. Here's a picture of a cat. Here's another picture of
0: a cat. <laughs> right. L- let me let me explain that a little bit more. Um, a screwdriver is a very simple tool, and what it allows us to do is it allows us to take our human efficacy and translate it into a more precise force mm-hmm. so i would like
1: to fasten these two items together a screwdriver allows me to do that better than i could on my own
0: well even more minutely i want to be able to twist this element sure. with only a tiny sheer surface to grip sure right and so i need i need a tool to translate the rotation of my arm into that specific that specific point sure. so so let's take it a step further. Um, have you seen these flexible screwdrivers? I so don't let's think I say have. there's they're effectively a bolt that you can put in or um, a drive that you can put into whatever screwdriver you're using. They have cabling on the inside and a flexible sleeve and what it allows you to do is it allows you to to let's say that you have a screwdriver pointed straight up mm-hmm. north and south. You could then bend the flexible cabled section of this of this drive forward, so it's pointing straight ahead of you. And by twisting the the shaft, which is oriented straight up and down, it would actually twist the the screw that was oriented, um, let's say, parallel to the ground in a plane parallel to the ground. Oh wow. So, what it lets you do is it lets you translate yeah the force in now a different way. Mm-hmm. You can translate this human efficacy in an even different way. Mm-hmm. Then you can talk about battery powered screwdrivers and you could you can imagine a bunch of a bunch of different elements like that but what what i'd like you to imagine is a screwdriver that was unbelievably complex there's joints and gears and and different flywheels, and you're still spinning a handle here, but it is unbelievably complex as to how the force is being translated on the other side. Yeah. So much so that you can't properly explain the what the tool is actually doing. Yeah, lots of tentacles. That, that is what AI is. Mm-hmm. But it's important to remember that because it is still a translation of human efficacy. Mm-hmm. It is still a tool that is behaving at our behest. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the screwdriver, but also the screwdriver doesn't understand anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't reason anything. When you screw a, a faceplate uh, or a socket cover onto the wall the screwdriver doesn't know why you're doing that Mm -mm. it has no reason associated with the behavior that you're engaging with it simply is turning because you are turning it Mm. and it would be ridiculous to claim that the screwdriver was your accomplice trying to trying to undertake this mission yeah um it's just a tool and no matter how complicated we make these neural networks and how obfuscated the the input is from the output. No matter how complicated that translation layer is, they will not reason for themselves. They do not understand the why of what they are doing. And so, to bring this back to the point that you were making, Hunter, you had you had an interesting an interesting question. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the structural engineer. You know, these plans. Let's say that these plans are approved by an AI. This is mm. an AI that doesn't get tired. This is an AI that doesn't have plans over the weekend. Right. It's an AI that doesn't get bored. It's an AI that doesn't miss things. Mm-hmm. It's meticulous. Except when it it's does. W- it's well-crafted. Well, th- yes. So my question to you is, in the near future, why would you ever need a human to double-check an AI's work? Yeah. I mean, I
1: I don't know. You know, like, that. that's the thing – there, there, There's two questions there, right? There's the uh, one from efficacy, right? Mm-hmm. Which you're 100% right. And then there's the legal, right? Because a city can't just allow structure to be set up, right? Mm-hmm. And so until the city is willing to accept our AI engineer drawings, right? Then you can't build a structure in a city without, with, with an AI engineer, or you have to at least have a human engineer involved, right? And, I, you know, who knows how long that's going to be part of the process, right? Is that, do we have AI programs that can do that can perform the engineering side of things in 5, 10 years? Okay, well, does it take a city 50 years to come to a way where they integrate that technology in a way that makes sense? with what it can do. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really
0: know. Um, I'm going to argue that there's one other reason. Okay. And when, because you said efficacy and legality. Yeah. We can expand legality to just say societal impact. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If
1: that building comes down, who's to blame? Right. (laughs) Right.
0: Um, I think that there, the thing that scares me most about AI is neither of those two things. Okay. Because people ask me if AI is dangerous, and I go, yes, but not the way that you're thinking. It's okay. not dangerous because it's going to decide necessarily that humans are you know not efficient. And they come need to and wipe become pencils. Yeah. It's actually not because AI is going to be too smart. My greatest fear is that AI is going to be too stupid. Okay. That AI is going to be too stupid, and we won't know it. Okay. And I think when you see many of the thought leaders and tech leaders right now that are coming out and saying we have to pump the brakes on AI, mm-hmm. we cannot allow this to to reconfigure all parts of our economy um, and our society in the at the pace that we're now progressing at. I think this is what has them up at night. It, it's the part of this that has me up at night. Kay. To illustrate this, I want to tell you a story about a man named Lisa Dahl so lee sadal is a grandmaster go player um go is the most complicated board game perfect information board game that exists and and if you're not familiar with it effectively there is a grid it's a 19 by 19 grid and at every intersection of the lines on those grid, a white or a black stone, depending on which player you are, can be placed at that intersection. Okay. Um, that means that after the fir- uh, the very first move of the game, there are 19 to the second possibilities of moves that can be played. It's a giant number of moves. The second move of the game has 19, ti- 19 to the 2nd times 19 to the 2nd minus 1 possible game states. It is an exceptionally complicated game. That's the first two moves. And these games can go on for hours. So I, I, want, I just want to express how complicated the game of go is not necessarily from a rational understanding point of view because you place the stones down and you want to liberate groups and do these different things but from a technical perspective this is an incredibly complicated game it makes chess look a bit silly as far as potential states of the game go
1: no game is silly that has horses in it christopher
0: okay i'm going to i'm going to breeze right past that yeah good cuz risk is a silly game <laughs> Um okay. So Lee Sedol is a, is a player of this game. Well, I should say was a player of this game. He is the only human being that has ever beat AlphaGo, which is a software that was developed by Google in uh I think they they he played the software in 2016. Um, but he's the only human being that has ever actually defeated Google's AlphaGo software. He played in a five match exhibition against AlphaGo and he lost four out of five matches. This isn't terribly surprising because we've seen this before much earlier in chess. I mean, there's, there's, um, chess engines like stockfish that have been beating the best humans for much longer than that mm-hmm. but go was a, a far more complicated problem to solve but google cracked the nut and they also cracked Lee at a couple years after this match this exhibition he played against AlphaGo, he actually retired completely from from go and when he was interviewed about this he cited that the fact that artificial intelligence is an adversary that cannot be defeated, that cannot be vanquished, is part of what was encouraging him to leave the sport. Um, kind of kind of a wild statement to make, especially when I tell you about our next story. Enter Kellen Kellen Pellrine. Hunter, Kellen is not a Go Grandmaster.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Kellen isn't even a particularly strong amateur. Kellen Pelerine is one rank below the top amateur ranking for yeah. Go players. Now, since AlphaGo has been developed, there have been other open source go go bots that have risen to prominence and often the the most the, the toughest ai is considered to be katago it's one of the top uh go playing systems kellen pellerin played an exhibition match against katago in which they played 15 games of which Kellen won fourteen. <laughs> and this was in twenty sixteen, the same year that he's, he's too dumb for it. AlphaGo AlphaGo defeated is expecting defeated. him to be rational. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's here's why it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So the best player in the world gets defeated by AlphaGo. Yeah. A slightly stronger system comes around. And an amateur, an an Rex average it. amateur, dominates, dominates another yeah. Go system. Yeah. Why? How did he win? Yeah. It's because. Katago, does not understand what Go is. Katago has no idea what winning at Go is like. Okay. He used a very simple strategy, of making bad moves and surrounding his opponent's stones often sacrificing many of his own stones and making bizarre distracting moves to exploit a flaw that nobody saw in the go engine wow and they actually discovered that he he had some help from researchers in discovering this flaw however and they actually they actually used another go engine that just played almost randomly to determine what the exploits, if there were any exploits. How funny is it was that? Kind of crazy, mm-hmm. but he was able to beat the strongest go machine, the Go machine, fourteen out of fifteen times. The Glit, yeah, yeah. This because is, this the machine, and, and here's the thing too. This yeah. is super important. An average human being, very clearly, would have defended against this strategy. Very Mm -hmm. simply would have defended against the strategy.
1: Would have recognized it, been creative, understood what was happening, and then adapted. Correct.
0: But these artificial intelligences do not have reason. Mm. They don't have understanding.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So let's look at that in the context. If you reconfigure your society on the back of a technology that by definition you do not understand mm-hmm. and you expect it to behave rationally, mm. you have no way of verifying that it is rational
1: So until it's been, too
0: late, until it fails. People
1: have been talking about this and they're saying that AI is like the democratization of intelligence, right? Of IQ. And uh, I've been having a very similar thought to what you've been having because I think that, that makes a lot of sense. You can say, hey, write me this paper. You know, not everyone can get a paper. Well, the cost of producing that paper just plummeted, right? You don't you don't have to know somebody or be smart enough to write an A-plus paper anymore, right? And ChatGPT can write A-plus papers, you know, till the cows come home. Without and it can do, plagiarizing. Without plagiarizing, in different voices, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's a better writer in that sense than anybody who's ever lived. Right. Um, but at the same time, one of the interesting things about it is if you ask it a prompt improperly, or if it makes a mistake, or if you don't know what parameters you're wanting to look at and pay attention to to get the proper answer to a question, it's useless, right? Right. And and the thing is, you still need, at this point, it could change, right? I don't know exactly how
0: it could change because you have to interact with these. Well, obviously mission- we need an AI that can help us generate the proper
1: prompts. Right. But that would still, but some, somehow, somehow it's you have turtles to communi- all the way down. Somehow you have to communicate the T list to the machine. Right. Right. And right. And so, yes. And so that has to start with a human being because the human being has to want something. Right. And you're, what's going to happen is if you do, I, I think this is going to happen. This is why I encourage people to start working with chat GPT, because I think it actually, uh, I think this might be how you interact with software in the future is because if you don't ask the prompt correctly or you don't target it at the right thing, you will get bad information out or you will get non-helpful information out. Mm -hmm. And what we will see, I think, in the future is when prompts are poorly generated, people will still take what is given by the AI as gospel. right? Right? Right. And then they will say, I got this from ChatGPT. Are you smarter than ChatGPT? Right. And that and, will be used to win arguments, to debate, to handle political disagreements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: And, and that's small potatoes when you're talking about natural language processing. Correct. Yeah. yeah but yeah. talk about the yeah. artificial regulation of an entire agricultural system. Mm-hmm. OK, all of a sudden the consequences are very different. Yes. And, and you're talking about the prompt side. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's obvious that somebody with, with the, the purpose, with the reason that you need to infuse a task with has to be accurate at the prompt side. Mm-hmm. But what happens when the outputs are too complex for reason to analyze?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that's a real problem that we are going to deal with because nobody knows how the screwdriver works. Yep. And the screwdriver itself doesn't understand what it's doing it doesn't know why we're putting a wall plate on the wall Mm, mm -hmm. and it's because it can't embody the why the there is no guarantee that the what is achieved properly yeah this and this is kind of where the well humans are you know i've got to grow as many crops as i can my training is to grow as many crops as i can uh because the humans need to eat the food well human carbon emissions are killing the crops actually the opposite is happening right now but pr- play with me mm. they're killing the crops so the way to make the crops yield is to kill all the humans but then who eats the crops right and the first human that you say that that conversation to will go well, why do you need the crops in the first place if you're going to kill all the humans who are going to eat the crops right because they understand the why of the what mm-hmm. the machine never will yeah. It never will. And that's why Kellen Pelerine can defeat the the most powerful Go computer fourteen out of fifteen times. Why are you building because the building? It what does not does it know. Serve? It knows what its next step is. It knows that it's going to put these stones down. It has a complicated parameter of of, uh, an algorithm to choose where to put the stones down. And it's so complicated that it beats our human best efforts. But it does not know how to win at Go. It does not know what Go is. And let me submit to you that 19 by 19, 19 times 19 raised to the thousandth power which is how those games can go Mm -hmm. is a pretty complicated game Mm. that's just a game i mean real life situations all real life situations are vastly more complicated there's vastly more options there's a a vastly higher pixel resolution where you can target your interventions to at every level of analysis
1: Jessica walking into a meeting the emotion that i say this with is going to have an effect on this person over here the word that i use and select right here is going to have a different is going to have a two responses from these two individuals that are the same position within the company and i need to make my message more targeted to this person than that person right, right. and and that's that's not even
0: into i mean like that that's I an mean, insanely just, complicated just, in the first 5 minutes you're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of of decisions that rationality yep. makes immediately yep that that algor- algorithmically are intractable yep um so just just like walking that you know the walking for the Boston dynamics robot completely intractable to explain to someone what muscles they need to contract and extend mm-hmm. to be able to walk yeah Right? I feel like what your neural gonna network is- handles that, but but it but the why, like you said, the why precedes the what in with reason, and yeah. that's not going to be the case here. And so, I think that that is the main danger of AI that we're facing right now. It's the it's the danger that we are attributing reason to a, a system that will never have it, and will we del- delineate tasks to it uncautiously? Only to find out that it doesn't realize why we asked it to do what we asked it to do.
1: One of the things I think you have to learn in the information age is in your job, what are the things that you have to understand and what are the things you don't have to understand, right? Because uh, what I mean by that is I don't know everything there is to know about installing steel, yet I've installed steel before on my jobs, right? Right. And it's because I've learned these important parameters are the ones that I need to know to get it done, right? And I think one of the advantages to that is become way more productive, right? Extremely productive, especially if you can realize a very, very large goal and then use technology to reach out to the expertise of a lot of people, right? Like you can can become extremely productive if you do that today. The benefit of ai is it's going to make that even more streamlined right it's going to be the benefit of a lot of different people's expertise even if that expertise is used in the machine itself and the human knowledge that we've gained up until this point written or systems that we've established that work like plumbing right things like that and then you're going to draw on that from the ai with different prompts and things like that the the thing and i think this kind of coalesces it for me is have you ever seen 3d printers that break yeah or malfunction that is what's going to happen is what's going to happen is you're going to punch into the ai i want x building and write all the contracts for me get all the architects to design it put it all together and i want it in four or five months right build a schedule that does all that hire it out tell me what the price is okay cool it's approved i'm ready like that's how people want to interact with technology Right, is I just want to order the thing from Amazon, have it show up on my front desk. And that's mm-hmm. what everybody wants from AI is like to have this system that they can Turn work through. Turnkey solution for life. Turnkey solution with little uh, competence required and get exactly what I want at the end of it. Right. That, that is essentially what technology buys you. Right. And what's going to happen is more and more stuff like that is going to be purchased. And then you're going to open up the door and all of the filament from your 3D printer is going to be in every nook and cranny of the space. Right. And you're yeah. going to go, "How do I fix this?" and you aren't going to have a clue. Yeah, right? we don't
0: know how. All right. So I'm I'm not an AI doomer. I'm a I'm big pro AI. Yeah. One, but I think what we have to remember here is that you cannot complicate a system to reason. And there is no there is no substitute for a reason and so as we progress into this future it's going to be great i think we're going to see i think we're going to see classically expensive goods and services become very cheap i Mm -hmm. think we're we're going to have i think that the very shortly the next circuit boards are going to be designed by circuit boards and they're going to be more efficient. I think that semiconductors are going to start making the next semiconductors. And mm. this is only going to lead to a, a rapid increase in technological efficacy and associated with that, economic well-being. I mean, when, I've said before that I'm a capitalist until we invent the replicator from Star Trek. And that is still true. But a world without AI is way closer to the replicator or way further away from the replicator in Star Trek than a world with AI mm. um, and I think that that's going to be good it might change a lot of things about how we work about whether or not a 9 to 5 is required you know how productive do we need to be in the face of this this giant production uh, system and, and that's not that's not um, people used to work a lot harder on average than we work now you know even tough jobs are you know tough blue collar physical jobs are rarely more than 50 hours a week well there was a time in the not too distant past when 50 50 hours a week was because you got sick and got your arm blown off and you Mm got you know a couple days off Um, we are going to this is going to be revolutionary Mm -hmm. however however this is a little this is a difference in kind we use tools that we don't perfectly understand every single day. Dishwashers. Like a, how? Yeah, or computers. <laughs> yeah, sure. However, somebody knows how a dishwasher works. Mm-hmm. And somebody knows exactly how the silicon in your computer works. Yes. The difference in kind here is that nobody, nobody actually understands how AI works. It's built into the system. And that is something that we're going to have to be careful about because when when the system doesn't have a manual when there's no repair technician and it's in charge of important vital societal tasks um, we have never before had those tasks governed by a creature that wasn't capable of reason Mm. we have to watch out for that so yeah that's AI in a nutshell
1: I think it's important to remember that AI, like any tool, is ability, right? And it's very, very, very normal for humans when they gain a new ability to say, this makes me like God, right? And there are going to be people that react in that way, and they're going to use their new godlike powers for to save people, and they're going to use their godlike powers to enact their will, Right? and at the end of the day there are going to be limitations to all of that because it's not godlike power it's just ability with the limitations that we've begun to describe on this podcast and it is still going to be required for you as a human being to act in the world with wisdom right and that is right. that is never going to go away in this whole entire enterprise and i think what i would suggest to you is to find the way that you can begin to start using it in your life to find wisdom, it's really, really exciting to ask the AI to give you poems from people throughout history. And then they can truly be randomized. It's one of the things I really enjoy doing with like ChatGPT. GP, Chat and I think more and more and more, as you begin to play with that, you can ask it different questions and things. Um, I need a Bible verse that deals with this reference, right? Or talks about this. AI is actually helping me put together some of my research when I'm putting together a Sunday school lesson right now. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you can begin to do because what is it? It's just ability. It's just the ability to accomplish something. Right. Right. And so, but I think it's it a great point
0: because you can't, yeah. And, and we cannot allow ourselves to become uncritical as it becomes more complicated. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it is a great tool for making yourself more critical. Mm. Honestly, after this episode, one kind of feel like an abacus. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said one instead of I in that situation. Um You've never been an Abacus to me, you've always been a beepacus. Oh yeah, now you have to beep that because I said your <laughs> I said your Christian name. Um uh, But Jamie no. Your instruction set is far more complicated than that of an abacus. <laughs> You're able to accomplish many more tasks. Your processor is far more refined than clay beads on a stick. Don't feel so bad. But that is the end of the show today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Carl Pooling. Please leave us a five-star review. Send us a question. CarlPooling at gmail.com. We're putting together a questions episode still. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, The merch store is live. CarlPooling.com slash store. Also, you can go to CarlPooling.com slash affiliates or just CarlPooling.com. Click our affiliates link to see... A bunch of awesome deals that you can get from our sponsors right now. You can support them and support the show. We'd appreciate it. If you find yourself deep within the, the bowels of a refinery and there's smoke and molten steel and slag going everywhere and there all of a sudden appears to you a man polished to a fine chromium glow and he approaches you with a belt-fed machine gun instead of an arm because it's been augmented in such a way you are potentially Austrian and a body lifter and quite potentially you have taken far too much human growth hormone and anabolic steroids which can cause your heart to fail very quickly so I would certainly go to a med pod and get tested (laughs)